On today's brand new Compete Everyday podcast, I'm talking with Cleveland Indians mental performance coach, Brian Miles. What's up, Competitor Nation? Jake here, your Chief Encouragement Officer, and I'm excited to air today's episode with my new friend, Cleveland Indians mental performance coach, Brian Miles, as we talk about the process. We talk about the importance of staying present in the moment, and most of all, of understanding that the only day you control is today. And how can we better show up today, do our best today, and work the process knowing that if we do that to the best of our abilities, the outcomes, the results, the things we tend to focus on, they'll take care of themselves if we learn to just focus on how we show up and compete today. So you're in for a treat with this brand new episode, and I cannot wait to get it going for you. But before I do, I want to invite you into the Morning Competitor Club. If you are not already there, if we are not starting the day together, I want to know what's taking so long, so shoot the word podcast to 972-945-9113. That's word podcast to 972-945-9113. And tell me what took you so long to join the morning club so that we can start the day more motivated, more focused, and more intentional with how we show up and compete. Every single morning, you're going to get a text from me, and I assure you, if you respond back, I'm going to say something to you as well, because it's me on the other end. It's not a robot. It's not automated. It is me each and every morning talking to you, and so if you want to start the morning stronger, if you want to be more intentional on how you attack your day, text podcast to 972-945-9113, and we'll start a conversation tomorrow morning. Now, as always, to support the show, use the code podcast at competeeveryday.com for 15% off any order. And let's get into today's brand new episode with my man, Brian Miles. Brian, welcome to the Compete Everyday Podcast. Jake, thanks for having me, man. Wicked excited to be here. Excited to get chatting. Yeah, man. Uh, I've enjoyed having a chance to connect with you offline uh, and super glad that CC. A uh, former guest on the show recommended that we get connected. Uh, dude, I'm excited about today's conversation around mental performance, baseball, the game we both love, and, and more importantly, life outside of it. Uh, but I'm curious, what really inspired you to pursue, a, I guess, a career in mental performance and, and coaching people from the mindset side? Yeah, you know, I'll uh, I'll spare the listeners my uh, my my massive failure in college soccer. Uh, you know, me missing a penalty kick and how that kind of transformed into the the mental game. Uh, yeah, but I think the one of the things that I've noticed sort of over the course, you know, like a lot of people studying, you know, studied psychology in, in undergrad and was always interested in sort of like the intersections of like how much the brain can actually influence the body. And I think as we, we start to tie that into um, sports, to, to business, to just overall high performance, um, I found myself constantly wondering about the human potential. And I think that's that question and that, that curiosity, I, I do believe is what probably led me to, to be really interested in mental performance and starting to understand um, how much that space uh, really does impact you know, how performers can, can get the most out of themselves. And so, you know, I, again, I, I, I think that, that, that area and that intersection about finding ways, like, okay, like, like how do we help high performers be incredibly deliberate with their intent? 
Like, what does intent mean? What, how are we in, intentful with our, with our habits? Like, how are we showing intent with our decisions that we make? How are we showing intent with the belief that we have? And, and understanding that a lot of those things, you know, are driven by, by what's between our ears right here. And so if, if we can leverage that, then we could be the best version of ourselves. Uh, and I, and I think that's, that's probably one of the most important things in mental performance is that it's, it's, it's the best version of you, whatever that is, right. We're not trying to create clones of, you know, fill in the, the blank of the best, you know, best baseball player, best entrepreneur, best basketball player. That's not what we're trying to do. We're, we're trying to find what's, what's your best version. What's, what's the best version of you as a dad? What's the best version of you as a husband or a wife? What's the best version of you as a soccer player, baseball player, uh, as a coach. And, um, yeah, that, that curiosity. And, I, and listen, I'm still constantly wondering about the human potential. And uh, that, that curiosity is what, what drives me. And I think what, what brought me into this world of mental performance, um, you know, and obviously being a former athlete and, and now being around high performers, it just, it, it continues to grow and I'm, I'm continuously curious. So I, I know we talked previously and I had some ideas and things of, of where I wanted to go with some of the conversation, but the way you started it out, I'm totally, uh, I'm calling an audible here. Uh, so you talked about the, the penalty kick and that kind of being a, a pivotal moment for you. One of the things I'm always curious about as athletes, and I say this as a recovering uh, athlete who, whose identity was so wrapped up in mm -hmm. what I did that when the sport ended, it will to this day be the worst breakup I've ever gone through. And at 19, 20, like had no idea mentally what's going on in my head other than like, I was just super unhappy and I felt uh, like a fraud, like so many different things. And so I'm curious from your perspective, because you per started to pursue the, the psychology side and the mental performance side, what was your journey after that kick? And, and did you struggle with the identity of being an athlete and how is, I would say, the recovery, if you even had one, going down the path of psychology and mental performance and how that might have helped? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think uh, for, for any college athlete or high-level athlete, when, when sort of the, the cleats get hung up um, or fill in the analogy, it's, uh, it is so much of our identity of what we do, right? Like when when somebody asks you what school you went to, a lot of, oh yeah, like, hey, for me, it's like, oh, I went to Montclair State. Like, yeah, I played soccer there. Like, it just like rolls off the tongue, right? Yeah. Just like automatically comes out. And um, and there's this incredible, like sort of understanding that when, when you actually look back, right? So when you when you sit back and reflect, which is, is what I actually think grad school helped me do, considering that I went to like an athletic counseling program where it was more counseling based. When you actually sit back and reflect and you think about, all the things outside of soccer that actually happened, you realize there was this incredible journey that was going on right underneath our nose. And, uh, and it's, it's really powerful and amazing. The, the, I think the, the part that, that happens is there's a lot of folks that don't reflect. Like I was forced to reflect because I went to a counseling program where we had to, you know, we had to practice counseling each other. So, you know, I'm sitting on the other side of a two-way mirror with my classmates watching me and one of my classmates, you know, talking to me about, about my soccer career and about like, like all those things that happen and, and you start to sort of realize and, and dissect and sort of unpack a lot of the, those things. Um, so I think the encouragement for, for folks who, who sort of go through that breakup is, um, is recognizing that you actually were more than, you know, fill, fill in the blank again. It's like in baseball, a lot of times we talk about, it's like baseball is what you do. It's not who you are. And it's, you know, um, and, and that's because that is their actual job, right? Like that, yeah. they, that, that, they get paid for that. And so I think, you know, for, for us, it's like, 
yeah, like you were a student athlete, like that was what you did, but that's not who you are. And, and there's, there's, you did so much more. Um, and the thing is, I just, I don't think people take the time to really reflect. And I don't think they, they take the time to like, to feel the gratitude for having that experience. It was like that, that's, that's what it was. Like that was such an incredible opportunity and experience. And I'm, I'm still best friends with some of the guys on my soccer team. Like that's what I got out of that. Right. I didn't lose something. I gained something that I still have to this day, which is absolutely awesome and incredible. I love, I love that because you think about baseball and, and that's one of those sports where now guys do it for a living and they do it for a long time and, and basketball and football and, and players and, and all sports can play for years and years. And that transition out is something. And, and I look at people that stopped playing in college or in high school that struggled with that transition. And then they immediately threw their identity in something else. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 10 years ago when I started CrossFit, I started to catch myself doing that of like, oh, this is, this is it. And I had to start to separate what I did versus who I was, but I was in a different place now. And I think listeners can relate to this of whatever their career is, or sometimes it's, oh, I'm just a wife or wherever they place their identity, they become really attached to it. And then when something happens that changes that or ends that relationship or changes that career, that job, they're kind of lost and and they haven't taken the reflection time. And so for what you're saying is just start creating the reflection time now to reflect about who you see yourself as and separating it from what you do. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, uh, I, I do think there's like a disconnection component to it. Um, you know, I'm, I'm reading one of Ryan holiday's books right now. Um, and which one, he, uh, stillness is the key. Yep. And, and in the book, he says that, Sometimes you have to disconnect in order to better connect with yourself and with those people you serve and love. And I mean, is that not like, I just think that's so real with, and I am beyond guilty of this when my wife listens to this, she'll know. It's just like when, with the work and like just being so immersed in what we do, it's like, you know, your, your phone rings and you're just like checking like, oh, is that like a player email or staff or coach? And you're looking at it. It's like, can you truly disconnect and just like be there, just be present to be able to, to better serve those you love and, and care about. And, you know, Ken Revisa always used to say that both in performance and out of performance was just be where you are. So if you're in the batter's box, be in the batter's box. If you're on the pitcher's mound, be on the pitcher's mound. If you're eating dinner with your family, be eating dinner with your family. You know, if you're brushing your teeth, just be brushing your teeth. And, uh, and I know that's a lot harder to do um, than it is just for me to be able to say it. But I think that what Ryan Holiday is talking about there is like, is you do have to actually disconnect in order to, to really connect with yourself. But in order to connect with yourself by doing that, you're actually giving yourself more to those that you love and that you serve. I love that. Uh, well, and I think my wife would sit in with your wife and they can have a conversation while listening to this episode because <laughs> I myself am pretty guilty of that too. And, and that disconnect, uh, you know, we've got a trip coming up and my, like, that's my focus. I'm like, give me like the next two and a half weeks all in, let me get everything done. So when I'm gone, I can try to really be gone and here with you on this trip versus, you know, what you get the phone, you get the alerts, you've got, you know, what's going on kind of deal. So I I love that. Stillness is the key is actually the only one of Ryan's books I haven't read. Uh, I love obstacle is the way one of my favorites. Uh, And and so obviously an ego is the enemy. One of the things that we chatted about right before we went on air was uh, the way y'all talk internally at the Cleveland Indians organization of of being a work in progress. 
And I just, I love, love that phrase because no matter how good you are, if you have the mentality, I can still get better, you're constantly, I would say you're not frustrated by little disappointments because you see it as growth opportunities. And, and you also never believe you've arrived, which mm -hmm. can happen to ball players as soon as you make the show, just like NFL players just got drafted last week and they're like, oh, I've arrived. But like the game is just starting for you once you get to that level. Talk to me about the process and how, besides just continually talking about being a work in progress, y'all try to encourage this idea of embracing the process of becoming. Yeah, I think that, you know, a lot of people see the final product, right? They see the final product on the field because that's what they see on TV. That's what they, they pay money to come to a game and see. What they don't see is the, the years of struggle before that. They don't see all the ups and downs. They don't see the adversities that those individuals overcame. I do think that the view of being a work in progress is, is sort of twofold. It's one, the constant reminder that you went through that, that, that and, and that, you know, that was the way, right? We talk about the obstacle being the way, like those obstacles that you face, they are the way. That is the way through. It's not going around. It's not stopping when you see an obstacle. It's not complaining about it. It is, it is going through that obstacle. That is the way to where you eventually want to be. And so I think, again, it comes down to that reflection component of, of you know, what I, what I sort of went through. And then it is, like you said, constantly being a work in progress, constantly evolving, never sort of uh, taking for granted where you are in the situation you're in. And, and you talked a little bit about the process and again, it's, um, it's difficult to, uh, to get folks to really embrace and lean into the process because, um, you know, the fact of the matter is, is that baseball is a results oriented game. Uh, business is a results oriented profession. There, most of the, th the, the areas that we all work in are very results oriented. And so the natural inclination is to just put my effort and money into the results. The unfortunate thing is that in baseball, especially a lot of those results, you have zero control over. Like you really don't, you just don't. The things that you do have control over is what your process is. Your process is truly broken down into the daily habits that you have and the decisions that you make within those habits. And so, yes, like being a work in progress and leaning into the process is truly being deliberate about your habits. What do you do every single day? What, what do you put into your body? What do you consume both like, physically in terms of like what you're eating and what you're drinking and what do you consume in terms of information? And is that going to put you in a better spot to be successful tonight? Are you going through the motions when you're in the gym and preparing and going through your preparation? Or are you being incredibly deliberate and intentful with what you're actually trying to accomplish in the gym? When you're going out for batting practice, are you going through the motions or are you being very deliberate with what you want to accomplish while you're in VP? When you're taking, you know, balls off the bat in the outfield and you're, you're out there shagging, are you like, really being locked in. You're like, I'm going to take these next five, like it's the game, or are you just kind of going through the motion and, and just kind of walking through it? Um, I, I think that there's, there's so much within the process is just about breaking down every little thing in your day that you can control and controlling it to the best of your ability. If you do all of those things for what, like eight hours to go play a three hour game at night. I, I think if you do all of those things really well, you can truly just, enjoy the game. Like I always tell our players, I'm like, you do realize that the hard part is all before the game, right? Like the hard part is the monotony. The hard part is all this boring routines and habits that you have to do 
But if you do them really well, that's the boring part. To For what? To go play a fun, you get to play a fun game for a living for three hours a night. Like how awesome is that? You did the hard work during the day and you get to go enjoy that and have fun at night. So yeah, I mean, break down the process to what you actually can control throughout the day and do that for the performance at night. So I, lo- I love how you position that, and especially the reminder of, of the boring part and the, the tough part is done before you have the fun. I, I couldn't help but think like the speed on my speaking side, it's the same, like the rehearsal, the writing the script, the working it alone in the office. People are like, I, are you super nervous? How do you like to talk in front of people? I'm like, this is the fun part for me. Like I'm here and getting to serve and have fun. The, the crap is when I'm preparing for this like that's that yuck and grind and but you pointed out specifically like what's within our control whether we're in sales how are we practicing our sales calls and doing it are we just kind of running through the motions and we prepare to wing it there's so many ways to use that life of focusing on our controllables and doing them to the best of our ability but along those lines one thing i'm always curious about because the process a lot of times takes a lot of time How do we continually, I would say, stay locked into the moment while practicing patience that the outcome or you think about baseball when you're in the minors trying to get to the the show like that can take years for guys. Like, how do we maintain patience in that process? It's hard, I think. (laughs) I mean, let's just get that part out of the way. It's it's hard. Um, and I, I, you know, I feel for our players because there, there, there is a lot of things that are outside of their control that impact their career, you know, um, trades, trade, guys I mean, in front of them. Trade, yeah. Guys in front of them. It's like, yeah, if you have a superstar in front of you, like that stinks, like, but that's, that's the situation you're given. Right. So, yep. um, like, how do you go about managing that? I think, you know, again, it's, uh, you know, I would say that probably one of the most difficult things in baseball. And I actually think one of the most difficult things in life, we, we slightly alluded to this earlier is, is just truly being present. I think that's, that is one of the most difficult things that you could possibly do. And, um, you know, mindfulness is out now. Like people yep. are, are, are trying to, to train it and be more deliberate with it. I certainly, you know, emphasize that. And, and we talk about that with our players and, and, and I try to practice what we preach. And I think another way of looking at that is just like, I think the reason being in the present moment is so helpful and, and so important is because like, that's, that's what you can truly influence touch, manage control. So the, the past is the past, right? You can't change that. The future is the future. You can't predict that, but you can truly influence the now. You can truly influence right here, right now. And that goes just day to day. Yesterday is yesterday. You, you can't change that. Today is today. You can do something about that. Tomorrow is tomorrow. You can't predict that. It's, you know, and, and I know I'm totally simplifying it, but there's like a, a slight simple freedom. doesn't mean easy. No, but, yeah. but there's also, there's also a slight freedom when you, when you start to like really say that and believe that where you're like, wow, like yesterday was yesterday. I, I literally can't do anything about that. So all those thoughts, all those things, I, I, I wish I had done this. I wish I had said this. If I had only done for what, what, like, why, 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 why waste the most precious resource we have, which is our energy to, to something that we, we, we shouldn't be giving the energy to. We can't do anything about that. And same with for tomorrow. Like, and I'm all about planning, like Roger that I'm, I'm, I'm locked in on planning and, and preparing, but like, you know, thinking about and, and giving that, that commodity of, of our energy to tomorrow when we could be giving it to today to actually 
impacting and influencing something today, right now, right here, that that's where our energy needs to be. That's where our, the things that we can influence, touch, manage, control, that's where I'm going to put the, that precious resource of energy towards. Um, because by doing that, we are setting ourselves up for tomorrow, but I don't, I don't need to give the energy to tomorrow because it's not here yet. Like I'm going to give the energy to, to now, to here, to this space and this place right now. I love that dude. And, and I couldn't help but laugh. Like our, I would say majority of society, maybe all of us have the natural tendency that we've got to make a change at a specific date, January 1st, or, you know, once I get back from the road trip, I'll work on X, Y, and Z versus what you just talked about right there. And, and being locked in the present understanding, like we can make any change in our habits and our behavior today instead of waiting for some arbitrary date. And, and I always laugh. Cause I'm like, why do we do that? Like we, any day we could plan our foot in the sand pivot and, and start going in a new direction. But we, we always give ourselves either a later date as an excuse to make the change because we're comfortable mm. um, or we have a hard time of living in the present and separating it from what we've always done in the past. What do you think in that through that kind of curveball at you? I mean, I think we like certainly hedge our bet. Right. Um, I, I mean, I think it's, uh, it's risky and scary to our ego to say like, yeah, I'm going to start this right now. It's, it's like you are risking the, um, the, the doubt, the failure, the fear, the, uh, the tripping the ego up and tripping up ourselves by saying like, I'm going to do it right now. And it's, it's the internal dialogue. I mean, listen, I, I have it like every day when I'm like telling myself I'm going to go run. I, I, and I, I think this is actually awesome to say because everyone's like, Oh, like the mental performance coach, like practice what you preach. No doubt. I still tell myself every day. So uh, uh, at the Cleveland and at progressive field, nine laps around the outside of our field is like a little over, over two miles. And it's like, every time I'm running out there, it's like my, I'm literally having a fight with myself sometimes being like, it's like, Hey, yeah, Brian, just run like six laps. Like who cares? Like you're out here doing, I'm like, what is happening? No, no, I'm running nine laps. And it's like a constant battle to fight with yourself and to be consistent with it. And it's, I, I think that's important to say because What's awesome is I always run nine laps. Like I win the battle. I have those conversations with myself, just like the way that when your alarm goes off, you have that natural conversation with yourself. I could go back to sleep right now. I could hit the snooze button. I don't have to get up and do this. You have those conversations. What's awesome is that we actually have a choice too, right? Like we have a say in that. And it's, it's, it's a decision that we get to make. It's a choice. Um, and listen, if you make the wrong decision or wrong choice, guess what? You can still do it later. You can do it tomorrow. I mean, we had a late game. I, my alarm went off. I was like, I'm tired. I'm going back to sleep. Guess what? I ran at 12 instead of, instead of at nine. Like you, it, it doesn't mean that the day is ruined. It doesn't mean it's over that like, you know, that the routine's broken or that you're, you know, you failed or anything like that. You, you can still do it. You can. It's, it's, it's the commitment part. Like it is true, unadulterated commitment. Man, I, I, that's so encouraging to hear because one, for years I laugh like what is going on in my head? And then you get the whole, you know, imposter syndrome going on because you're like, well, if I'm struggling with it, how can I talk to other people about how to overcome it? And it's just like you talked about, like you still have the conversation, you just keep going. it. And I heard David Goggins, who, you know, everybody looks at as like the hardest man alive. And he talks about it. He, and he'll say all sorts of things. He's like, oh, this is what minor dialogue sounds like. And, and I was listening to him and Joe Rogan talk about it once. And he was just like, like David goes through the exact same thing we all do as well. David's just in the battle back in the midst of it and doesn't talk about that with a lot of us. And so we just assume, man, 
he doesn't have those thoughts. He doesn't struggle with the snooze alarm or like you said, you're running, you're like, eh, let's cut it three laps mm-hmm. short. No, like I need to run all nine. And so it's helpful for people to know like that is natural. What becomes, uh, I would say not our default is learning to talk back to it and continue committing to what we, we wanted to do in the first place, which is why it's so important to say, even if you feel that you hear that, you see that you can still choose to keep going. Or like you said, I slept in this morning. I'm going to adjust my routine. I'm still going to get it in today. I'm just focused on winning my next at bat, whatever that at bat opportunity looks like in life. Uh, Man, Brian, this has been a ton of fun, my man. Uh, One, I'm so incredibly glad we connected and appreciate you taking the time to join the show today. Where can people get connected just to follow along with your work and and some things that you, you share online, which I know are incredibly beneficial for our listeners? Yeah. Um, you know, you can find me on Twitter. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure we could, could link my Twitter in there, but it's Brian yep. C miles. Um, and that's probably the main place I can, I can throw my LinkedIn too, um, my Instagram up there as well. But, you know, again, Jake, I mean, I appreciate it. I think that, you know, the idea of competing every day is, is such a big thing. It's, it's like you said, like, can you win that moment? And, and again, for me, I think that, you know, there's like, you know, two kind of things like, our attitude is free. Like that's something that we need to constantly remember every day. Like just our attitude is free. And, and for me, you know, humility and gratitude wins every time. And so, um, you know, if there's, if there's something that you are going to practice, um, I think, and, and you really want to win, I think practicing humility and practicing gratitude, um, that's what helps you win every time. And, and I know that just from, you know, the, the, the luck that I have with like my incredible wife and my beautiful daughter at home and like us welcoming a son, like, I know that humility and gratitude is what, what helps at least me win each day. So, um, you know, I, I love the idea of having something every day and, and whether it's competing, whether it's humility, gratitude, attitude, like it's things that we can do and control. And, and that's why I love the messages that you're throwing Dude. out. So I, I appreciate the opportunity. I love that, man. I love that gratitude, humility every day leads to success. Brian, man, thanks for joining the show this week. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Compete Everyday Podcast. To listen to past episodes, be sure to check out podcast.competeveryday.com. And to get in touch with the show, email us at podcast at competeveryday.com. Everybody wants to win, but not everybody's willing to compete for that victory. Since you're one who will, show up today and win. We're cheering for you.